Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, folks, welcome back to the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the fantasy-focused YouTube channel. I'm your host, Bobby LaMarco. It's Wednesday. I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Buck. What's going on, Buck? Hey there, Bob. Just loving doing the research, getting it done. We're getting closer and closer to the NFL draft. These are make or break times for some of these rostered players. I think we'll be chewing on a little bit of that today. Yeah, so what we're going to be talking about today is players in the AFC West with the most to gain or lose by the NFL draft. So when the NFL draft comes, typically we like to say, all right, you know, we have a running back that could get all the work and all of a sudden, bam, they draft a running back in the first, second round. And now that guy's value drops. That's what we're going to be doing today is talking a little bit about some guys that should be on your fantasy radar right now, but that could completely change drastically by the NFL draft. But before we start, there's a guy that I want to talk quickly about. And it's at our beginning of our show. We flashed it a little bit. Can CEH finally be a value in 2022, Buck? Now, his ADP today is our, uh, is actually 69th overall. That's in round six. That's a lot different than the two second round last year. So I know Rojo's in town, but give me just your two quick cents on if CEH could be a value in 2022. Well, both players, similar circumstances here, but with CEH in particular, third year in this offense, I think a lot of times we, we see running backs hit the scene a little bit more, you know, feet to the ground. They get off to a running start. We haven't seen that with CEH. I think a lot of that, though, is just Tyreek Hill taking the top off a of defense. So I, I look for CEH to present quite a bit of value here. My belief system is a really simple one as it pertains to running backs, and that is good offense, system player. The touches will be there. It's just a matter of, you know, can he turn this into his breakout season? In the sixth round, I'm willing to roll the dice on that. Yeah, absolutely agree. And listen, pairing him with Rojo in a later round two is not a bad idea. Good offenses, Buck. You nailed it on the head. So let's get into this today. We each picked a few players to talk about from the AFC West. Now, this is going to be strictly the Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, and the uh, Chargers. Sorry, I just lost my talk. Uh, we're going to talk about these four teams in this episode today. So let's kick it off. Let's start. We're going to go alphabetical order. We keep things real simple. We're not sure favoritism, but there's an exciting new team in Denver, new coaching staff, new quarterback, Buck. I know you want to talk about that quarterback. So who is your player that's going to have the most to gain or lose on the Denver Broncos? Yeah, so I think you and I, we bit off this apple on two different sides. For me, I really get into taking a look at needs for, for different teams leading up to the draft and then trying to equate that into, you know, which players, some of them known, some of them very highly drafted, which ones stand the most to gain here. I'm looking at Russell Wilson as a guy that stands out. I really like this threesome of wide receivers they have in Denver. Jerry Judy healthy, one of the best route runners in the league. I think we're just seeing the very cusp of what he is and who he can become. And then I also think, I think Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, that rounds out just a pretty darn dynamic wide receiver core right there. Wilson, I don't think he's ever had the depth in terms of the quality pass catchers on the wide receiver end as what they have there in Denver. Now in Denver, I think they're going to go for for OL here in the later rounds. And I think if they can bolster that offensive line, that's going to help Wilson out. 
you know, Wilson does like a good scramble drill. But again, I, I just like the size, the speed, and the route running of these three players. I just think Russell Wilson, get anything that can benefit the offense on the whole here, and Russell Wilson will benefit. And I think we'll see some of that old school Russell Wilson take just throwing that football over them, their mountains over there at uh, Sports Authority Field, even though Sports Authority is no more. Yeah, okay. I, did, I didn't even realize Sports Authority is no longer a thing. I, I, I guess I missed that memo. Anyway, is it we're a big dick sporting goods now nation? Is that what we're saying? Fairly certain it's we're a big dicks nation. All right, nice. All right, cool. Yeah. Hey, look at that. Look at America just going cliche. I love it. Anyway, but yeah, with Russell Wilson too, you know, the other thing too is uh, people are talking about KJ Hamler now as a potential like Tyler Lockett replica, but I just don't know if there's just that enough time. There's not enough uh, mouths. There's too many mouths to feed. Albert O, who really showed some flashes last year. And on top of that, you got Javante Williams, who's just a beast uh, as well. And that kind of rolls into my guy for this segment. It's actually Javante Williams. And the reason why I want to talk about Javante is right now today, there's no Melvin Gordon. And listen, Melvin Gordon's still floating out there. He could definitely take – they could bring him back. But it doesn't – I don't know. It just doesn't seem like an urgent thing for them to do. That I think – we want us this new coaching staff is evaluating their roster. Do they really want to bring in that veteran or do they want to go with a younger player? Now, if Javante Williams, they don't go and sign a day one or day two running back. This is going to be Javante's backfield. And I think we all think that's the case, even if Melvin Gordon signed, but you know, right now. So the one game that Melvin Gordon did not play last year, we got a glimpse of what Javante Williams could be 23 carries 102 yards, six receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. 26.8 fantasy eight points, the RB1 on the week. Like, if if he gets through this week and then next few months of no Melvin Gordon, this guy is – I want to say he probably is a top three pick, like top three, top five. With Russell Wilson now playing uh, quarterback for this team, I think if you're not drafting Javante as a top five, six running back, you're out of your mind. And I would take him as high as three potentially – uh, in that scenario. The other thing I like is Nathaniel Hackett. So Nathaniel Hackett was a part of that Jags team that picked Leonard Fournette first, uh, fourth overall that season in 2017. They gave that kid, uh, Leonard Fournette, 268 carries and 48 targets that season. So well over 300 touches uh, and opportunities in that offense. So I, I do think that Nathaniel Hackett has shown in the past that they'll lean on a running back if they want to. And with Russ cooking, plenty of opportunities especially in the red zone for Javante. So I think he's probably the player that I can think could gain the most if they don't bring in another running back this offseason, but especially in the draft. Man, you're throwing it in the way back machine, bringing up Nate Hackett from his days with Lenny Fournette. I, I actually, it's in terms of player, he's a much different player than a guy like Fournette, but I think he offers a little bit more wiggle and I'm excited to see what they can bring with him this season. We'll transition here over to the Chiefs. So I'm assuming they draft defense here. Um, the reason I say that is look at the AFC right now. When you have Pat Mahomes and you lose Tyreek Hill, I don't think you're going to go out and draft a Tyreek Hill replacement. And they're not even going to have really that opportunity. I know they have the two first round picks, I believe, uh, at the 29 and 30 or 30th and 31st. I might have that wrong. But at that point, I think the stud wide receivers or anybody that could even compare in the least bit to a guy like Tyreek Hill will be off the board. I think they're going to go defense. So I think this impacts Pat Mahomes as a detriment. Um, 
losing Tyreek Hill is not something any quarterback or any system can really contend with. He's just a different player, one of a kind right now in the NFL, possibly one of a kind that I've ever seen in terms of his speed, catch radius, playmaking ability. He's just, he's the full package. Losing him will be huge. And there's so, there's so much uncertainty there at wide receiver. Like when you look down the list, who jumps out to you, Bob? I mean, for me, I, I, I don't know if you're going to be getting into Hardman, but when I look at it and I'm seeing Hardman, Valdez, Scantling, Juju, and then I see Josh Gordon lurking in the shadows, all I see are question marks there across that foursome. And I know that Pat Mahomes has had to deal with question marks in terms of the ancillary or secondary options, third options there at the wide receiver position. They've been fine, but they always had that elite alien type player like Tyree Kill that they could lean on. So I'm just a little bit concerned that because of where they land in this draft, it wouldn't shock me to see them move up to try to get one of those top four or five receivers that are on this board that I think are all hell of a replacement for a guy like Tyreek Hill. But I'm I'm just a tad bit concerned. Yeah. Well, before I, I do have a, a comment on one of the receivers. Before we do that, I want to take another quick commercial break. And when we get back, I'll break down my biggest player for the Chiefs right after this from a break from our sponsor, Carer Factor. Hey, TCK Potters and fantasy-focused community. Are you looking for options for hair loss? There are many options out there for treating it. However, most products treat the cause, such as DHT, and don't do much to support the growth of new and stronger hair. It's like removing harmful weeds from your lawn, but not doing much to fertilize the grass. That's why the Fantasy Focus and TCK team has partnered with Carefactor. Carefactor saw this problem and focused their research on finding just the right combination of biosynthetic growth factors and an innovative delivery system to promote fuller, stronger looking hair. So whether you're a listener who suffers from various forms of alopecia or even stress-related hair loss, the Care Factor treatment is the perfect scalp-friendly solution that can help and influence stronger and healthy hair throughout all stages of the hair life cycle. And now, exclusively for TCK listeners, use the promo code TCK at checkout to get 15% off all products at shop.mycarefactor.com. That's shop.mykerefactor.com. Carefactor, skincare for hair. All right, let's get into And I, I do agree to an extent about a lot of question marks, but I will say this. Because of the Tyree Kill thing you just brought up, the guy I want to talk about is Miko Harmon. And Juju is the only guy on the on the entire receiving core outside of, of course, Travis Kelsey. We're forgetting about Travis Kelsey, but we'll talk about just receivers that has a target, 125 target season under his belt. MVS has never been a big volume guy. He's been playing behind Adams in that Rodgers offense for years. Never had big volume. Miko Harmon last year finally got over 80 targets in a season. But I want to say this about Miko. He was drafted in the second round of the 2019 draft, the same year that Tyree Kill was going through all the drama with his potential suspension. People were worried about domestic violence and that he might be done for the for his career. So they drafted him in the second round as a potential Tyree Kill replacement in that offense. And I think we saw a little bit. So when he got that four-game suspension, we kind of saw a glimpse of how they would use Miko as a replacement for Tyreek. I don't think he was much of a compliment. I think he kind of wanted to be the kind of replacement guy. Four for these are the four game logs for Miko Harmon without Tyreek Hill. 
four for 67, uh, four for 61 and one, two for 97 and one. Then he had a two for nine dud. And then he had a four for 79 game. So three of those games, very strong performances in his rookie season, playing kind of that Tyree Kill role. The other thing I noticed with, with Miko Harmon was Tyree Kill could do everything. Vertical passing game, catch the ball at the line of scrimmage, take it to yards after the catch. Because of that, they started use, trying to use Miko Harmon more as a gadget player around the line of scrimmage. Most of his targets are coming in the short or behind the line of scrimmage. And they allowed Tyree Kill to play more in the intermediate passing game. Maybe that's going to help Miko Harmon because it's really hard for receivers to take a ball behind the line of scrimmage and get yards after the catch every single time. So the one thing about Miko Harmon's game is he will probably see a higher A dot with Tyree Kill out. The other thing is MVS is a nice perimeter vertical receiver. Juju's more of a possession guy. They don't have a guy that could do all the things that Tyree Kill can. And I think Miko Harmon will get a lot of that work. So I do like that. The problem, though, is Tyree Kill is actually a red – he's actually could do it in the red zone, too. He had nine red zone tar, uh, end zone targets for converting six for touchdowns. This is a guy like Tyree Kill we don't think is a big physical guy. Harmon, on the other hand, five targets at the end zone last year, zero for touchdowns. So he's, he doesn't offer that same physicality and, you know, I guess maybe route running that you would see from Tyreek in those areas. So I'm not saying that Harmon is going to be necessarily a uh, replacement for him in 2022, but if they don't go out and get a top receiver, if they just go into with MVS, Harmon, and Juju, I do like Miko Harmon as a mid-round wide receiver this upcoming draft. Okay. You sold me. What what is his current ADP? Do you have that on hand? I can I can get it for us, man. And you're right. We I'm just be, curious. I'm just curious. We should we should be telling people about where the ADPs are. So Hardman, let me get this for us right now. 167th overall. Yeah. So he's in, not even yeah, he's not even being drafted. So uh it's, it's like a last round pick, 15 rounds. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see where those receiver picks shake out in terms of ADP. And then as we see us getting into draft season, man, it's going to be interesting to see how the, how the chessboard falls. All right. Moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders nailed it, Bob. I think it's Derek Carr. I think it's Devonte Adams. And I, I think they go with an offensive tackle here. I think they help shore up some problems that they've had there on that offensive line. You might even throw Josh Jacobs in the mix here, but man, I I'm really excited. An old college pairing of quarterback and wide receiver getting back in the mix, but under the big lights in Vegas, I'm excited about it. I think they're going to, I think they're going to draft. They're going to go for the offense here because you don't bring in the workhorse like Adams. If you don't intend to deploy him. And in order to do that, they have to shore up that offensive line. Yeah, my my guy here, and listen, I think Derek, I love it. I, I I am a little concerned in the sense that it does take time for passing games to gel, and and McDaniel's is bringing a whole different scheme. He's not bringing the West Coast style offense that you saw with John Gruden. This is a completely different Earhart Perkins run offense that Bill Belichick has mastered in New England that Josh McDaniel's has as well. So it's going to be different looking, but they have everything. I mean. The only thing they're truly missing is an elite deep threat on their offense, but they got Demarcus Robinson to kind of play that situational guy. So I think the, you're, the line is definitely key. I do agree. But my guy's actually Josh Jacobs. Now, jo the Patriots over the last – since 2013, they lead the NFL in carries inside the five per season at 24.6. That's insane. They have uh, They have always – 
committed to the run when they're in the red zone and inside the vibe, they're giving it to the running backs constantly. We've seen LeGarrette Blunt, Sony Michelle, you name it, Damian Harris last year. Plenty of guys, you know, flirt with double digit or exceed double digit touch, touchdowns because of this. Now, the under John Gruden in the last three years, the Josh Jacobs teams are at 19 per game. So you're going to see about five, maybe even six more. Now, Jacobs has surprisingly been very good. Last year, he converted seven touch, uh, 13 of se- uh, seven of 13. It carries inside the five for touchdowns. That's well over above average. It comes about about 40%. So you could see another two touchdowns on his points per game. Now, he averaged 13.5 points per game last year. If you give him the additional two touchdowns just on his last year, he would jump to 14.2. That would have been RB12. None of us are looking at Josh Jacobs as an RB1. But just put that additional work in the in the inside the five, potentially in this offense, I think that he could, you know, t- you know, flirt once again with back end RB1 numbers. Now, here's why I think he could lose. The Patriots, Patriots are known to draft running backs almost every freaking year. It was Sony Michelle, then they draft Damian Harris, then they draft uh they they draft a Ramaji Stevenson, and it they just nip at the heels, nipping at the heels, and you never get that full upside. You know, that the Garrick Blunt year was completely out of the blue. But ever since then, they draft these running backs in day day two, maybe early day three, they develop them and then they start giving them a little bit of work and it caps the upside. So I'm interested to see if Josh McDaniels, because they brought in Amir Abdullah, they brought in Brandon Bolden uh, as the pass catching type guys, but do they bring in another running back or do they view Kenyon Drake as an already one B on this offense? So I am interested to see what they do at the running back position. Does Josh McDaniels want his own guy? So that's why I think he has a lot to gain or lose in the NFL draft. I agree with you. I, I think I'm a little bit concerned with the scheme there compared to the Gruden scheme. That's pretty much the only concern. But, you know, you bring in Adams, I think I think he's going to stand to benefit there. We'll change over here to the L.A. Chargers. They're going to go receiver. They got to figure this out. And because of that, I know I'm kind of chalky here with the quarterbacks, either gaining or losing. But Justin Herbert. Man, they're going to get a stud receiver sitting where they're sitting. They just are. And I think it good chance of it being a lave there from Ohio State. And Mike Williams has the most to lose. I think a, a guy like a lave renders him as the third option and not the second option. Lave's much more versatile. Played all over. Can play the outside. Sometimes he's a bit overmatched out there depending on the cornerback. Then they shift him inside. He's comfortable going across the middle. He's comfortable doing the dirty work. Good blocker as well. Lightning speed, high ball catcher. I think I think Herbert's going to fall in love with whatever wide receiver that boardroom settles on as their number one pick. Do you see a Keenan Allen trade to kind of facilitate this to get younger, or you think this is on top of everything? On top of it. <sighs> that would be horrible. I don't think you throw away the, the Allen-Herbert relationship there. You can't. Yeah. All right. All right. Listen, before I get into my Chargers pick, let's take a quick commercial break for Athletic Greens, and we'll be back right after this. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose one with top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's also lifestyle friendly and fits a wide variety of diets. There's only one gram of sugar and no chemicals or artificial anything. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system 
with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop with a cup of water every single day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune support, vitamin D, and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. These statements have been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products do not intend to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. All right, folks. So listen, let's hit, I want to finish up on one last player for the Chargers before we close out the day. Uh, I want to just give a quick shout-out to It's Fragger once again joining us. Go Browns. I mean, the listen. Frag man. I mean, you got to love it. Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper in the building. Uh, you know, that's got to be exciting for some Browns fans. So I got to throw some love there. All right. Let's talk quickly about the Chargers and the guy I think has the most to gain to lose. is actually Gerald Everett. He comes in in free agency, replaces Jared Cook. Now, I think a lot of us in, in the dynasty and in, in fantasy football fall in love with these guys like Donald Parham, and it just never comes to fruition, right? He's got the big size. He showed us in like, what was it, the USFL? One of those AFL, I don't remember which one it was. Uh, he was good in, but yeah. And then they bring in Gerald Everett. And the thing is, last season, if you look at Everett's stats, he was not, there wasn't big target volumes for him. He had an extremely low A dot. I think it was like five yards per uh, per target last year. Now he comes in, he's about f- six, seven years younger than Jared Cook. This offense, by the way, is one of the very few teams in the NFL that's going to throw like 700-plus times. I mean, last year their dropbacks were insane. Um, that's like the Chiefs, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Chargers. So these are the very few teams where you could start saying, you know, Gerald Everett could get you almost 90 targets in a season. And that for tight ends could get you in that tight end one range as long as he finds the end zone a few times. Now, Jared Cook is vacating 83 targets in 16 games. If you extrapolate that for 17, that's 88 targets. Just taking his uh, Gerald Everett's yards per target and his touchdown rate on last year and applying it to 88 targets, he would have finished with 670 yards, 5.6 touchdowns. That's 8.4 points per game. That's Kyle Pitts last year, folks. That's tight end 13 in points per game. So he is – I'm not saying he's going to be Kyle Pitts from last year. What I'm trying to say, though, is he will have value in this offense. The other thing about Gerald Everett, he's never been used as a seam stretcher. Look at his A dots with the Rams and then also with Seattle. Low A dot. Gerald Everett, I mean, Jared Cook was used in the Joe Lombardi scheme to stretch the scene. This is something we might, we might, this might be new for Gerald Everett. So he could probably flourish in this offense a little bit with a higher A dot. And if they don't go out and get a, they already drafted a young rookie last year. They also have Donald Parham on the team. They also have 15,000 receivers, guy in Josh Palmer, Mike Williams, if they draft another guy too. But, I think Gerald Everett could find himself as a low-end tight end one, but Buck, give me your thoughts on Gerald Everett. If he's someone you'd be interested in if they don't go out and sign anybody big time in the draft. Yeah, he had his most productive season yet last year for Seattle, and traditionally they don't really flourish in that in that passing scheme there in Seattle, nor do they in L.A. So I think because of what we've seen with how the Chargers try to deploy a few things, I think as far as red zone targets go, I think it's a big bump up for a guy like Gerald Everett, but I'm excited to see him get more play, more targets, and be more involved overall in that offense. I think it's a great fit for him, and I'm really excited to watch him. Yeah. All right, and that's all we got for today, folks. That was our AFC West preview for players with the most to gain and lose from the NFL draft. 
Once again, this episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast on the Fantasy Focus YouTube channel is brought to you by Bet Online AG and part of the Believe Podcast Network. Once again, I'm your host, Bobby Lamarco. That's Buck. And we're out of here, folks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.